With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. Now more than ever, are we put in a place where we need to stand up for what we believe in. We have these powerful, engaging tools to influence others. But I mean, keep the balance. You believe something, share it. What's cool about the hacker culture is information should be free. So then everybody's sharing this stuff. Before, to go up against an institution, I'd have to almost be an institution. Now I could go viral. It reminds me, though, of this trend from humans to data. You got to be smart with your own data. Because look at the history. Look at the pattern of history. It's either you trust the government or you need to be the person policing that. Yeah, I sort of think data is the government. Right. You may, actually you probably, have heard of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. I call them choose-yourself currencies because they don't depend on any institutions to function and they're simply exploding in price right now. Some have jumped as high as 3,000%, 21,000%, and even a rare 81,000%. If you're missing out on this boom, don't worry, you're not alone. Most people are not investing in crypto simply because they don't even know how to get started. So I decided to do something about that. I want to help listeners like you get started in this booming market. So I'm offering a free six-video series masterclass on cryptocurrencies, all for free. I'll walk you step-by-step -step through the entire process. If you're interested in claiming this free masterclass, please go to altature.io. That's altature.io slash masterclass where you'll find all of the details so this is an odd podcast for me and i'll explain why normally at this point i will introduce my guest we'll have some nice chatter i'll kind of explain his background a little bit more i do have a guest right in front of me i'm going to be calling him mr x or if that sounds kind of funny, maybe I'll just start calling just start calling him X or something like that. And his voice is going to be slightly distorted for reasons that will become clear as you listen to this podcast. So uh, do you prefer Mr. X or Master X? 
<laughs> I prefer Mr. X would be fine, right? As long as you don't call me DMX, I'm okay. Uh, well, DMX, might, if you were if you were DMX, it might be okay. That's true. So when we met, the first story I heard was, of course, this really fascinating story uh, about this kid in a military academy where something happens. I want to get. I want to start off with that story just to kind of set the setting of where we're going with this. But why don't you start off with that story and I'll ask questions along the way. Yes. You're at a military academy and we're, uh, uh, actually, I'm, I'm not even going to let you talk and ask some questions. Were you like the geekiest guy at the mil military academy? No, I wasn't. I actually wasn't the geekiest guy. I like, I mean, I mean, it guess depends who you ask, right? I thought I was the man back then, right? But I wasn't the geekiest guy. It was an interesting collective of uh, kids who went there, right? And, you know, you had like... So there's a lot of big donors, right? A lot of like big names, current president, all that went to that school, right? So then they had a good endowment. So they had high speed internet, right? So everybody was kind of geeky because that's what, I mean, that's what you did in your free time, right? So you had access to all this computer. We had previously been interested in computers, or now you suddenly you had access to all this computing equipment and Wi-Fi. And this is in the '90s, so right. it was when the internet was like booming. So things were happening. Did that kind of like draw you into the computer room instead of the athletic well, field? I mean, well. Look at it this way, right? I mean, like to communicate to the outside world, right? The only medium we had at that point was the internet, right? And then so like if I wanted to talk to people at home, right? Uh, if I wanted to talk to what I can, like girls, you know what I mean? Like I had to like find them up and like find them online. And like, so that was our, that was like how we like, like we were so secluded. I mean, not jail, but we were heavily, I don't know, confined in a space. So that that's how we got around. That's how we got out. I mean, I know the school. You were you were far away from every place. Right, 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 right. So, but so, we didn't go off campus. Oh, you weren't allowed. No, I mean, you, during the week, you weren't. It's not like you go in, go out, man. Everything was regimented, and it was great. I loved it. But everything's regimented from like you wake up, first mess, uh, salute the flag, go to class, second mess, right, back to class. Then change 15 minutes, go to sports, right? After sports, third mess. After third mess, you have two hours of study hall, one hour free time, go to sleep, do it all over again. And so so you have some free time though, which you used in a very interesting way that I can relate to. I kind of, we, we have, I think, um, uh, at least back then, uh, we had a similar knowledge base. You went in a specific direction with yours that almost got you into major trouble, but ended up changing the course of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what's the, describe the actual event, the actual event that took place, Mr. X. So how old were you at this point? Uh, about 13 years old, right? 13, 14 years old, right? So, I mean, what, what do we have to do, right? So we're just tinkering around and what, what I was interested in, it's like there there are websites that they didn't let us go to, like like even MTV.com was censored. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that they had censored. So like the first thing we wanted to do is like, man, how do we how do how do we how do I see that right? So then, um, I mean, I was pretty good in school, right? So I didn't like the two hours of study hall, right? I just spent like trying to figure out like, oh hey man, how do we do this, right? So like I mean, and you, there were sites back then that you were allowed to go to, right? Like I remember. Um, there's a few, there's Soldier X, right? Uh, there's Port Wolf. There's a few where you could learn on like, hey man, how do you crack, you know, these firewalls? How do you, how do you do this? How do you do that, right? So then I gained a big interest in that, right? And, and back then, by the way, you mentioned MTV.com. Uh, and and I, I apologize if I interrupt too much. I'm a serial no, totally interrupter. Cool. But like MTV.com, you mentioned specifically, it reminds me that back, and you also mentioned firewalls. It reminds me that all these 
companies and sites, particularly in the late 90s, they had no clue what security or firewalls were. Most companies were kind of disconnected in a weird way from the business of the internet. Absolutely. So MTV.com, they didn't realize, I, and I know this from my own personal experience, they didn't realize that their email was completely open to outside invaders. So just as a joke, right. I would email, like at the time I was working at HBO, I would I would get into the MTV email using ways which which you'll describe in, right. a, in a second. And I would email my boss like job offers from MTV and, you know, wait a day or two before I told <laughs> I him. Doing I that. was just making a, a, a joke. But all these things were, 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 I don't want to say they were easily hackable. You still had to know the language to speak. Like it, what people don't understand is that every service you use on the internet, like email, web, uh, you know, mobile type services, they all speak their own specific language to each other right. across the network. That's that's different than English and it's different than a programming language, but that's how they communicate. Hey, are you okay? I'm okay. Let's exactly. start exchanging messages. And so MTV just, if you, all you had to do was know how to speak that email language, the SMTP protocol, yeah. and you were in. Yeah, so, you, could, you could be the CEO of Coca-Cola. Right. Well, I would, I would do that. Right. Yeah. No. I know. CEO of MTV. Yep. Yep. So, so, so. Okay. So, tell us what you did and roughly with who. All right. So, check this out. So, then, like one of the things, like I mean, there was an ISP that a lot of people used back then, right? And it had a great jingle. And then, um, so I was just like hacking. And an around. ISP is like an internet service provider. So, oh, so right. millions of people were signed up to the internet, probably for the first time ever, correct? Through this company. Absolutely. They were, they were, they had commercials and everything were large. And then, so like, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. How's this work? How's this going on? Maybe there's a way I can get to MTV.com if I like can manipulate who I am, right? Which at that point, like, wasn't the case, right? The firewall's basically like, you know, RIP and whatnot, right? But I'm messing around trying to say, oh, cool. Maybe if I'm someone else, I can go see it, right? Uh, so, so go ahead. And then like, they had these files back then, like they stored there, like, think of it this way. There's a there's a piece, like you said, in that transfer protocol, right, that says who I am, right? There's a hashed out password, right? And then they to go to the to the ISP and I get a response, right? So then my response was like, you know, like my handle, my email address back then, and then, you know, a hash. So I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, what happens if we change a string around, right? So what I was able to do, right, there's a certain method in which you could ping a response and get a lot of responses, right? So then, what do you mean? So you would, um, what? I, I, what? Think of it as like if you, if for all database geeks out there, right? And they'll kind of know it's like a hash string where, like, if you think select star, right? It was something to that accord, right? Where like, where I, I see. So it'll, uh, let me try to explain because I think I understand now what you're saying. Okay. So you, you basically, instead of giving a specific name. Or, or requesting, Correct. instead of requesting, does a certain name exist that I could start communicating with? You requested everybody's name. Correct. I, I went ahead and took the full response, right? The, the not star. knowingly, not knowingly, right? Mm -hmm. I was just like messing around with stuff I was learning, right? You, and you did that because you wanted to get some accessible names that you could use? Like, was that the... No, I wanted to get in cmtv.com. So I thought if I went in as someone else, maybe I could see it, right? Elementary, the dumbest thing, right? And then, so then I went ahead and did that, right? And I started looking at, so like the, the first thing that you would see, like for just you, you would see your basic information because they disclose some of that, right? So let's say, they'd say Mr. X, right? And then here's some personal information. And then like my address? The string. Yeah, and some of the hash string, right? So then I did that. 
And then I started seeing like that, that text folly, that black terminal, right? Grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And I'm starting to get a lot of people's names, right? They're not mine. I don't know these people. And a lot of information, right? So then I'm like, at first, like, you're like, whoa, this is kind of cool, right? Well, what is this, right? And then you, then you, and then you're kind of like, and the file still keeps growing and populating. A few minutes later, you're like, whoa, I'm going to get in some serious trouble, man. So, so what other information other than names and addresses was it giving? I can't really disclose that, right? Per like, uh, I mean, well, and I'll tell you why in a second, but it gave personal information, right? That wasn't normally, that shouldn't have been or wasn't supposed to be, or they didn't, how's this? They didn't intend it to be disclosed. So, 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 so I'm not going to ask you to confirm it. The only thing I could possibly guess is financial related information, but don't, don't say anything. You got out, we were getting all this information on, on a screen. That and, I could have done a lot with, but then- like I said, my intent purpose, right, was to look at stuff that I was censored. So, like, censorship drove me to this pretty much, right? So, so then I, I emailed it to him. I emailed the ISP, right? I found, like, support, you know what I mean, help here. So, you're 14 years old, and you just simply email customer service the file, essentially, of yeah, all hey, their customers. This is what I found. And this, quote-unquote, information this you is, have on them. This is how I did it. Right, and then part of it is I had to hack a file that was local, right, on my machine. Right, I sent that that thing, and I gave brief description of how I did it and whatnot. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. You. you had to hack a local thing because that's had, what talked in general. You had to response. change the right, so you had to change the way you were uh, querying their communicating with their Correct. answerer. Correct, if that's the way to describe it, and. You and the idea is, if you were to do that, they can say, "Oh, if we, it's very simple. If we see this kind of query, we don't, we'll change the way we respond to it. It would be a very simple fix on their part." Yeah, super simple, right? And it was probably an oversight, just bug, right? I mean, the, I don't believe it. This is also one of the biggest companies in the world at the time, right? And I think just people just didn't think about these things. Probably, you know what I mean. And I there's mean, still it, lots it, of things people don't think about. All they think about it's that crazy. one, crazy, but um. It's crazy what people don't think about, but yeah, they didn't think about it. But you know how much don't software- think I'm not going to get back to what you just said. <laughs> you know, but do you know how much software goes out that's bugs, right? You know what I mean? Like I, I almost look at some of the software companies that are out there, all great, all innovative, right? But like, think of like if they were the ones in charge of the elevators, right? How often? When's the last time you went on your computer, right? And it's like, oh man, this thing doesn't work, right? Like, Matt, what was that? The elevator, dude. You know what I mean? So like, and all the elevators. I forget if you were telling me this or someone else. All the elevators are like networked together right now. Like all the Otis elevators. All right, are, it wasn't me, but I would not be surprised. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone was telling me that, that they're all kind of centralized network together. So wow. one person could monitor how they're all doing. Yeah, probably certain aspects. I would hope it wouldn't be all aspects, but probably certain aspects of like, because then they get safety information. That's how they find things like these loopholes now. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so back to that, right? So then uh, so sent that out. I'm like, all right, cool. Nothing happened. Like a week or two passed. All right. So, so you, you send a message to them of this critical breach in their entire company. In fact, it was such a critical breach that now if a company had a breach like that, they're required by law to instantly disclose Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yep. But, I, but the SEC wasn't sort of aware of these breaches back then, so so they weren't required. Correct, correct. So then, and then, so then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm chilling, dude. Like I said, I'm a kid, right? What am I worried about, right? I'm worried about like hanging out, getting girls, all that type of stuff, right? So then um did that. And then one day, right, I, I like, so, you know, we had a chain of command. Kids ran kids at that school, right? And it's a great institution. Uh, I think it's one of the best schools you could ever send your kid to. Uh, and then, so then I'm, I get called to the general's office. Now, this guy, 
No, like just let, let me tell you, right? So the, we had a, like a core of cadets of like 600 kids. When this guy would walk into the mess hall, everybody's loud, everybody's going, you know, kids are from city, we're, you know, we're kids, like young kids, like ah, eating, right? Think of like a lunchroom, right? When this guy would walk in, it would get quiet, silent, pure silence. So, that, so this guy, old army, like, you know, like two-star general, right? And um, I, keep, I keep trying to say, I immediately want to say his name, right? But uh, great guy. But he had like, you know, he had like a boot that he jumped off helicopters with, with the Vietnam mud still on it, on his desk. This type of guy he was, right? So then he, I get called to his office. And like no one gets called to superintendent's office. Somewhere. Were you were you in a classroom and like some? No, I was lady- right outside. It was it was right. Be- sorry, it was I was outside right before second mess. So what happened was everybody's marching into the mess hall, and then I get called out. You know what I mean, Mister X? The general wants to see you. I'm like, what is going on? So then I'm thinking, like, what happened? I'm like, all right, dude, I made out with that girl last week behind the mess hall. Maybe that's it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, what's going on? I'm like, he doesn't. Like, he never got called, right? So then I'm standing out there, and there's this position called parade rest, where you put your hands, interlock your thumbs, right, and then like, and you're standing out there. So I'm standing there, wait there for like 15, 20 minutes, right? And I'm just sweating bulls, like, what I do? What's going on, man? Am I getting? Uh, I don't know what I did because you know, fear is really from the unknown, and I really didn't know what I did wrong, right? So I'm just like, oh. So then I get in, right? There's a police. Is this a good, like like making you wait for 15 minutes, does that increase the fear? Is this like almost like an interrogation tactic? I, I don't think it was an interrogation tactic, but man, did it feel like one. Like I was sweating bullets. Like the first, like, all right, cool. 15 minutes later, man, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm really, I'm ready to cut a deal. You know, like whatever it is. Yeah, I did it. Just get me out of here. You know what I mean? So then I walk in the, uh, the general's office, right? And then I see to my right, a police officer. I'm like, whoa. That's the first thing I saw. Like, cause yeah, I mean, like, so like before I went to military school, I grew up in uh, a city, right? And, you know, like uh, cops, like, I don't know, we just kind of, I'm scared of them, right? So then, uh, and then I look, I'm like, oh man, even though there's nothing to be scared of cops now, right? But I, I'm like, whoa, what is going on? There's a cop and I see two suits on my left, right? And the general sitting at his desk. And then like, dude, I, I'm still feeling the heart pump now, right? I'm like, oh man, what's going on? Is the general looking angry at you? Dude, the guy always looked angry. He looked angry probably at his wife. You know what I mean? No knock to her. The guy, I mean, like he saw real stuff, right? So then, um, and then he, and he's looking concerned, right? And he had these like window glasses, like these, you remember those huge glasses with the two frames that connected both lenses. Uh-huh. Like he's sitting there wearing them. And then he puts his hand up, right? On his desk and he looks over to me, right? And he goes, that's him. And then one of the suits was like, I remember, if, if I say the handle, it's a lot funnier, right? Because it was an interesting handle. But they, they, they I'm going to say the handle was, um, uh, let's just say Looney Tune, right? They're like, are you the Looney Tune? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, 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 well, what's, what's going on, right? And I thought they had maybe like tracked, I thought like maybe they tracked my internet history and like, I would, like all they saw was going to mtv.com or something like that. I'm like, oh man, dude, I don't know what happened, right? So then, uh, and then they went ahead and they told me, they, they said like, hey, they went through this process like, hey, do you know you broke these types of laws, right? Do you know these are uh, felonies? Do you know what you did was uh, critical, what you could have done and all that type so, of stuff? So these were suits and a police officer? Suits and a police officer. How many suits? Two. And one police officer? Right. Why was some two people in suits? Uh, just what they wore. Okay, they were like detectives. No, they worked for a government agency. Can you say what government agency? Uh, a three-letter agency. Okay, right? right? Uh, yeah, a three-letter agency, right? Uh, not as high up as one as you think, right? Let's just say that, right? So, and then so because you know it was more on a localized level, yeah. right? And then so they're there. I'm like, okay, cool. They asked me these questions. They said, you know, you broke these laws, uh, this type of stuff. One thing they really started harping on was. Um, 
you know, like, uh, how did I do it? And, and stuff like that. And I just told him, like, dude, it's an email, man. Like, like it's there. I'm sorry. And I like the immediately as a kid, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, and then like, were, were you crying? Uh, I was tearing up a little bit behind, right? But I was like, I, you know, you know what? The first thing that happened that goes through your head, right? Is like the first thing that went through my head is like, oh man, I don't want to go to jail, right? Oh, that, that's what I was just thinking, like, uh, like I don't want to meet the toss the salad guy, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Right? So, and then, um, and then the general. Now, this guy, well, like I said, Vietnam general, like had muddy boots, seen some real stuff. He was cool. He was like. So they said, you broke all these laws. You know what I mean? This is what you could face. Here's your senses. Like, yeah, like you know, really laying on hard. And then he looks over at them, right? So his hand's still on his, on his desk. And he turns his elbow and looks over at them. And he's like, gentlemen, the way I see it is he saved you a lot of money. Uh, I should be sending you an invoice for this. And we're done here. And he looked over at the cop and he like kind of nodded, right? I don't know if he knew the cop or something like that, maybe. And then, uh, and, you know, and, that was, and then he dismissed me. And that was pretty much the, the end of it, except we had these things called tours. So during that hour of free time and on the weekend, if you had a tour, you get them for doing something wrong, being late to class, something like that. You have to march one hour. So one tour is one hour with a rifle, right? Like a 20 pound rifle. I got 140 of them. Oh my gosh. Right. So forever, basically. Not forever, right? You can knock them out. And luckily uh, I worked the system a little bit. So like I, I people knocked the extra off. Like I did one for two, that type of stuff. But yeah, so that's the trouble I got into, right? And then I was banned from the ISP for life. So so, so still banned to this day. Still banned to this day. <laughs> and As far to my knowledge. So, but this kind of began a chain of events that led to you getting a call much later on is it is it directly related directly to related so one of those guys so what happens is it's like when you're on it's, you're not really on official parole but in and i don't know maybe this is the case just me uh i think it's probably the case standard operating procedure right but uh i had it like a like a handler right it wasn't like a parole off you didn't even know about it though no no no, no, no right but like no but they would check in right mm -hmm. so like what's weird about the school like my power of attorney was like to a, a retired vietnam army colonel right mm -hmm. so it's not like i really had parental so like i had a, a, a so and every once in a while i remember i had to do a meeting one time and just ask he just asked a bunch of questions about uh another isp and that type of stuff right and what would they ask like how how could you get information on other people Right, like how, like if you were to go to this ISP, how would you do it? I remember I had a follow up meeting, that type of stuff, right? And they never asked me to do it because I wasn't allowed to, right? But they said like, how, what are some of the things? They asked like, it's pretty much proctology exam, like what I did and could it be done in other places to pull information? And and how detailed did you get with them? I mean, I told them like what I would do, right? But uh, yeah, so so yeah, that's how that. And that was and that was basically someone from the government asking about U.S. companies how to get into them. Uh, I would say, but really from like the threat perspective was really like, could this happen here? Mm. Do you think this could happen here? Do you think this could happen here? Are you putting your own judgment on it that it was from a threat perspective or do you think maybe the government just wanted a, a, a door in? Well, after, so after that, right, I, you know, I end up being contracted by the government. So like from that, like knowing that. So, so describe that. So how did that happen? So you, you graduate high school or something. Yeah. What happened? So I graduated high school. Uh, you know, I kind of like lollygagged in college for like a month or two, right? And then I got a call, right, to work for the government, right, for in a in the cryptography program, right? Can, can uh, you can you describe so cryptography program describes a lot? It, of different dude, it things. was like like data nerd crunching a, a ton of analysis for pattern recognition. Can right? you say which agency? Uh, no. 
Okay. I can't, right? But uh, it, it started out the same one and then I went to a different one, right? But I, you know, is I was an independent contractor. If you were to have said the agency, would we say, okay, I, I know what that is? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, yeah, there aren't too many of them. Yeah. So then worked on them. That was really cool, right? Because they pay a buttload, right? I mean, for my, from, for a 19 year old. Right, right. And then, uh, and then, like, you know, like we got to look at stuff and look at data and look at things. And what sort of data were you uh, looking a at? A bunch of different ways. I mean, so uh, we were just looking a lot of times, I didn't necessarily know. Right. So what I was really doing is pattern recognition. Right. So um, I can give the example of like burn phones. I mean, a burn phone yeah. is a phone like where someone gets a Walmart and they drop, right? They, and then like, because people were tracking the unique identifier, like, hey, I know this is James because of his phone number. So I can track his calling pattern or his calling you know, patterns, right? Who he calls, whatnot, right? But then when James loses his phone, right, these things like, oh, okay, cool. That's it. Oh, we, we lost him. Like, you know what I mean? I lost a cent of the government or whoever, right? Just to let you know. Like they know the only person you'd ever try to fool with that is maybe your significant other, right? With a burned phone. I mean, like it's useless because what happens is- or, or, or if you're a criminal, like a drug dealer or whatever. No. No? No, because I mean, like at, at that level, right? What you do is you reverse engineer the calling pattern, right? So what happens is it's like, let's say James, you, you call four people within a certain delimited amount of frequency, right? Certain pattern, you create a calling pattern. Those four people, call like three more and then there's a calling pattern there and so on and so forth. So then once you can reverse engineer and understand the calling pattern, doesn't matter if James changes his phone number, I know it's still James just with the new number. So it's almost like a fingerprint. Like you're not identifying people by the phone number because they might be getting rid of phone numbers frequently. They, they are, might, yeah, yeah, they were. So And, and these are, are criminals that, that someone's trying to track for Correct. whatever reason. Um, and you're saying this tree of calls is like a fingerprint because what what if i don't know i'm just asking as a question what if you and i were to call the same three people how would your tree be different than my tree if you were assuming we call because then it's indicative upon frequency right is one layer in the waiting and then who those three people call and so on and so because forth. my call to those three maybe at a certain time of day maybe, maybe they would trigger frequency. different different frequencies of their next layer correct. and the next layer correct. after that correct so I like see. like if we're involved let's say Man, uh, I mean, think of it, right? Let's think uh, any any husband and wife, right, trying to get to soccer practice or pick up the kids on time, right? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it may be like my wife, I call my wife or something, cool. All right, cool. And my next, my wife's next call is maybe to our babysitter, right? And then so you know, hey, that call before probably, I mean, I'm making this simple, right? That call before probably came from Eddie because that happens a lot versus when my wife's uh, mother calls her, right? Uh, she may call me, right, or someone. You know, she's not calling the babysitter with a good amount of frequency after that, right? So, so okay, so so um, you developed for this agency this. Ability. I was one. There was a team. There was okay. So there was a team of people. You were on it. Yeah. Um, where you developed uh, this ability to kind of identify people not by what what number they were using because they were getting rid of their numbers by using burn phones, but by building these trees for essentially everybody. How would you, would you do it for, what's an example where you did it where something happened? Like, because you didn't do it for everybody in the country, you would do it if you were on a, a specific case, I imagine. Uh, the, that is correct, but you, uh, that is correct. Can you say, uh, can you give a specific uh, case and what happened? Uh, no. Okay. I can't. But, uh, but like there were, like, 
I mean, there were many cases in, in which, uh, you know, threats were neutralized, right? Because of things like this. What I can tell you, right, is, uh, you know, somewhat of the same properties, right, that went into that also went into catching meth labs early on, right? So all it was is we just used uh, power consumption at that point, right? So someone's like, like more than peak. So like there's an average benchmark for a town for, for that house and then for the town and whatnot. And if you see statistically significant moves in power, right, they're leaving a pattern, right? And we correlated that with, you know, other busts that they had with catching meth labs, right? I see. So you had you had a statistic. You had a sampling of successful busts, yeah. And it was and you matched, and that makes the model tighter. You 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 matched energy patterns in a town to those successful busts. Now, if you got a new energy sampling, you'd run it through that database and see, oh, is there a potential? Does it match something that did lead to a successful bust? That's and then correct. you know you probably have an active yeah, meth lab to in the just, region to just go check it out. Right. So in, the in guys the case, on the ground go check it out. In in the case of these burner phones, though, how does that match with the like? Let's say you were looking. Let's say somebody was on the loose and yeah. was changing burner phones every day, and it was some high profile criminal. Just saying hypothetically. And uh, uh, how would that? What would be the equivalent thing that you would do here? So one more time. So so so, you, so there's a high profile criminal. Yeah. On the loose. Okay. And he's throwing away a burner phone every day. And, all right, so Magneto's on the loose using a burner phone. Yeah, okay. and and every and every uh, police agency in that area is looking for this guy because he's a, a well-known criminal, and they finally call in your agency and your team and you to figure out what do we do here. So they, so these guys had access to those feeds, so that way the guys on the ground could kind of use it for intel. But it almost it, you predict with propensity of like, hey, this is who the person is, right? And th this is when he's calling, and this is who he's calling from, right? How how would you predict? So like you would you would build a tree for let's say everybody in the area, okay? Like let's say, but it, I, I would so I'll, so here's the thing: a lot of these times, right, the intelligence on the ground, and thankfully to the those men and women who serve on the ground, right, can give you a good snapshot, mm. right? They'll say like, hey, look, I know we called from here at this time. And when you get that once, right, you got a good tight signal. So then you know, then you know, then you can look at the trees of everybody who called from that area or spot right? and start looking and then you can weed out the well, ones. Well, then I would know, look, so once I got him once, then I know his calling pattern. I got a picture of it right there, snapshot in time, who do you call next, whatnot, until that phone died out or who he called and then who he called, I may have a snapshot on them. And then now I have like, so trying to find me, you know, I called you. James, right? So then I have James's pattern, right? So then I got a snapshot of who, where mine, where my, my mine's coming from, right? So then if there's like some random anonymous that keeps calling, right, then you can predict that that's me, right? So the Call, and, I, and the reason it's anonymous because the number's changing all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so once so so then how does that narrow down into an actual capture? And and I and I do want to say we are taught we're, we're all we're inadvertently talking about a high profile case that everybody knows about, but we're not saying what the exact case is. So, but this was a case you were on. Right. So what I would say is is that like there's a few factors that went involved, right? And then one is understanding, hey, who's calling when? I mean, uh this person, uh, we had family members. We had, you know what I mean? Like there there's some things we had, right? Yeah. And then you can look for standard deviations within what like if you called your mom every night at like four, right? And that's changing, 
right? And then it's changing with, so what, what caused that event, right? So what, what's the next correlation we can call, we can, or the next phone number we can wrap to that. Then it's about understanding, like we had some information as to like, you know, with the call, right? Especially if you sell your call, like what tower went over, what time, and to come up with a triangulation of who, where, and what, and then what happened. Uh, and if, let's say if someone gets camped out for a little bit, that's when, that's when you got them. And is that what happened? Like you, you, you identified a tree. Um, they started making. Uh, you, you noticed a similar tree while they were doing a, during a, you know, camping out somewhere or hiding somewhere, and you were able to essentially GPS in on them and find out where they were. Uh, correct. Give the give the guys on the ground the intel they needed to make the move. Because ultimately, it's their decision at that point. Let's stop to take a quick break. We'll be right back. When we use our GPS now, is it is it significantly weaker than the actual GPS that let's say the government is able to use? What do you mean by weaker? Like like I mean at least now it seems pretty accurate like you could know within a few feet, but it wasn't always so accurate. It feels like at some point there might have been a a a, a, a separation between the power the, you know, the, the abilities of the government and the data that the government was getting from satellites and the data that individuals using like GPS or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times we're renting, you rent off those same, tri- it's just triangulation, right? Mm-hmm. So the stronger intense, or not the intent, stronger signal you have between those three points, right? It's, it, it'll make it tighter. So, but what uh, we were doing is pairing other data, right? That with that. Like this tree data of, correct, of, from the calling phones. pattern and whatnot, right? That's really when you try to get, get understand someone's behavior and intent. So, so you were kind of doing this sort of activity, saving lives, but using your kind of, um, you know, kind of also elevating all the time. You're you're hacking, or I don't want to say the word hacking, but you're you're programming skills in this way. Like, how would you say you were improving? Like when you weren't kind of actively working on a case. What would you do to just improve your your skills? Uh, I mean, for for me, what was cool is like it was all the same, right? What do you mean, like the the same joy that I got out of hacking, right? Uh, for a purpose, right? Because I didn't start out as a joy, but then I ended up liking it a lot, right? Like I like the whole idea of disintermediating systems, right? Um, the same the same joy I got in like all right, cool, we're putting this to a different use, right? And like I'm like detecting patterns, and then and that's when it really hit me, like detecting patterns, right? So what I did was it's like I just bought books, like back then people read books a little more, right? So I remember what are like, books? I know, but I remember going to man, what was the name? It was like Walden Books or something like that. It was like a bookstore that's not around. I don't even know if that was the name. Being with a W, like Walden Books, it wasn't Barnes and Noble. I go there and I just buy a ton of books. Right. By the way, Barnes and Noble did buy Walden Books. Did, did they? Okay, yes. so it was Walden Books. All right, great. So then I went to Walden Books and I remember buying like big books on Pearl and all these different types of languages, not really knowing. But I would read online, and they would say like, "Hey, you need to know this, 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 this is this is what this is what this Trojan was written in." And all I'm like, "All right, cool." So I got to learn this stuff, right? And then uh, and then there was some great. So what's cool about the, I'm going to use the word hacker, right? Because what's cool about the hacker culture, right? Is it's, you know, information should be free, right? Information dissemination, like it should should just be free, right? So then like everybody's sharing this stuff. You know what I mean? Like use it. Uh, Like this is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. Read this. And back then it was all text-based. Right, so these um, these boards would just put text based, and they put tutorials and like how and like and now now that's like YouTube, right? Now YouTube's how to, but back then it was just like reading all these text based files and these websites 
on uh, on how to do certain things. And then you play with it too, right? Well, because what was cool is it's like you could test. All right, cool. Here's the thing. I'm gonna create this shell. Is it doing like the same? Is it, is the script running the same as intended? Oh no, it's not. Oh, I wonder why. Oh, I gotta learn this. You know what I mean? I, I feel like a lot of these, have, having read some of the literature, like let's say in the magazine 2600, kind of described magazine. a lot of these yeah. sort of techniques. Um, it seems like you get a technique, and maybe eighty. Let, let's be even fair to them. 80 or 90% of companies or people uh, have already blocked, you know, right. the ability of those scripts to work. But you could try a lot and test to see which 10 to 20% still have these doors or open. Even better is, is you like with code, right? You iterate off someone else's start, right? That's why the open source movement's great. So what does that mean? So like someone puts out a script, an idea like that, like to your point, right? That may have worked, but 90% of people have already blocked it. Cool, but what if I added another layer to it, another line, another string to it, then how could I change it? Because I'm close, right? I'm now like, I'm now like, uh, like 90% of people block, so this is something, right? So, and I, you know, the code base is open, right? So is there a way to ha hack this? Literally, like use the word, right? Hack this to do something else to, for my benefit or to, to fit or to intrude. So then that way, now it's back open to then now like only 2% of the people can block it. So, so like, what's an example? Uh, I mean, there's, there's like, there's many examples on like how you can do this with different types of, uh, of software, but I'm going to take, I'm, I'm not going to talk about those specific ones, but I'm going to talk about like, just think of the open source movement, right? How people are iterating off each other's so like Bitcoin, you know yeah. what I mean? The Bitcoin source is open, right? It's just people are using it different and they're changing it around differently, putting more secure elements and then like it really iterating off other people's work. You know, and it's interesting. I, I don't want to spend too much time on, on Bitcoin, I think it's a fascinating topic, and there's a, and there's almost like you could spend yeah, too much time like diving into it. Straight, yeah. But it does seem like, other than big, there's there's 871 cryptocurrencies out there, right? And zero, and they're all getting traded every single day. All 871 of them, Bitcoin being obviously the most popular, and, and probably in some ways the most secure because it's been around the 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 longest and people trust it. But most of those 871. Are being traded by people who haven't read the code, and it seems like in the code, there's a lot of, just from what I've seen, is a lot of back doors that most of these cryptocurrencies are scams. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I would, I, I would like ninety eight percent of them. I would say a lot of them are unsecure, right? And the goal of them isn't necessarily to make greater good; it's just to make a quick buck. Yeah, because there's there's so many ways to manipulate how to hide transactions, how to hide how many coins are being printed, who has what coin, and and so on. Absolutely. As well as to see actually the names or the email addresses or, or IP addresses of who's making transactions. So there's a lot of privacy and issues. Just like my ISP example, early days. Early right. days again in a different place. Yeah, because a, a cryptocurrency could be thought of now as sort of the ISP of currency. Exchange. So, so it's it's interesting. So, so I, I throw that out as a as a warning sign that the same issues and almost the same techniques exist, but they kind of modify themselves according to how the world modifies. And some of those old techniques that were blocked, right? For like you said, ninety percent may be applicable to this new wild west. Right, right. So, so because because again, those the, same attacking the, the fundamental structure is the same. The internet, the idea behind. This this sharing of data 
the whole idea of the internet initially from like the 60s initial white yeah. papers is that we should freely share data with each other. Right. Mostly academics wanted to freely share you know, scientific Sorry. research. And there weren't really the protections put into place that a, cor- correctly that a closed system might put into place. And once everybody got onto this decentralized approach, kind of it's just going to be natural that that these sort of holes would be open. Absolutely. So so you basically spent years kind of if if not studying every hole because eventually all of those get covered up, but kind of the ways of studying them. You you sort of meta studied it. Yeah, because once you learn something then that like I mean it's education, right? Once you learn something you know how it applies to something else and then you kind of innovate like, oh man, maybe I, oh, you know what I could do this for? I could use this for this. I could use this for why instead of like, kind of like taking one idea and it's like theoretical physics, right? Or let's take Nash, right? Nash equilibrium, right? I mean, the guy wasn't trying to solve economics, right? But he did, right? And I mean, like- He just wanted to meet girls. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I mean, a little more than I think he wanted a Fields Medal or something like that, right? But like, he, he didn't know that's what he'd get the Nobel Prize for. So like, it's, and what's cool about that is it's like, when everything's logic and formulaic based, right? The variables change, right? But the fundamental elements that make them work and pull those variables together, right? Uh, could be applicable to uh, other types of, you know, like industries or to solve other types of problems. So there's two issues I want to, ask about yeah. there, there's two whole areas of your career I want to ask about one is you've somehow transformed from um, this agency hacking life and to military right. and then from that you transformed and you, you had some amazing experiences and from that you transformed into being an extremely successful entrepreneur and yeah. you've sold several companies and and they, and they were kind of connected to what you were just talking about in terms of the pattern recognition except on maybe customer behavior and and so on but i want to actually just for a, a few minutes skip ahead to right now sure. um i mean it seems like um my theory is is that everybody's so concerned about missiles and bullets and guns and warfare but it seems like, and we, we saw this in this current election, or at least we started thinking about it, it seems like all the wars are actually ongoing right now, but they're being fought with data. Absolutely. So, like, I mean, think of it, I mean, look, when you look at your Bank of America account, right, what are you really looking at? Yeah, just just a computer is telling me is look at re, opening up Reading some ones data, and zeros right? and, and spitting it out into some form I understand. And I call that my net worth now. Yeah, right. your entire worth, your worth as a human is how people equate it usually. Right, right. My net worth is now in data, right? I literally, yeah, cool. I have a house or maybe some assets I have. Cool, I have that. But like, you know, for the quote unquote, what used to be cash portion is now in data, right? So then- Right, because you know, it's not like if you made, let's say you, um, hypothetically making up, let's say you made $10 million selling a company. It's not like you're ever going to see $10 million in cash in your garden months, shed. Right, right. It's only a number in- a computer. Correct. Right? That's data. I mean, that, I mean, we, we come down to it. So then, and like capitalism and whatnot in our society, that's data, right? I mean, that's what we're basing currency off of, right? Uh, so then when you're thinking about this, it's like, what more efficient way to, let's just say, like, let's not even say war. Let's say what more efficient way to screw somebody than to alter or augment their data profile, Right, like let's say I could hack your credit report, right, or I uh, hacked your bank account, right, or like it's seen prevalently, I turned the power off to your house, 
right? Some, you know what I mean? That those are forms of hacks and data that that are controlling how we live. Uh, you said you uh, you see this more prevalently turning the power off on my house. Is that true? Uh, look, so especially as with the advent of smart grids and whatnot, you're going to see a lot of those uh, are controlled by computer systems. Right. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we, I think we're seeing this a lot in other countries that are, you know, like going through some things right now. Because, like, let's say... Like in but, the Ukraine. Yeah, so right. let's say, like, in the U.S., a lot of power grids are built with the latest and greatest. So, presumably, they have... You have to be pretty sophisticated to get into them. But the Ukraine is kind of... I'm just guessing... And, and I think also we're probably using a, a name of a different country in place of another country. Correct. But um, they're just hobbling together routers from the 90s probably to, to, to do the internet connectivity to power the grid or, or to connect the grid. And it's those routers themselves that still have open holes in them. Yeah, so like, I mean, and I'm going to speak for a lot of other people. How much is it look on your device at home? Right, I'm talking to everyone at home right now, right? On your device at home, you have ton of security you got all this stuff your mac windows whatever you have your phone you're all secured you may even pay extra for a virus scan or whatnot like to in under the perception that you're secure right i want to ask everyone right when's the last time you updated the firmware on your router yeah it's interesting so so every home by the way has a router because that's how they get wi-fi right. so wi-fi is like spreading out through the air right the router kind of pulls it down and then spreads it out for your own private internet use right. but nobody like i've never once updated let's say i had a router for years okay i'm, I'm a weird story because i move around a lot right. but like if i had a house and i had a a a router from from some phone company for the past five years i've probably never updated it right and, and if it was built if the router was built, let's say, more than a few years ago, it probably doesn't update on its own. You probably have to manually do it. A lot of times you have to update the firmware. Right? So, there may be small updates that'll do it right with these new smarter routers, right? But a lot of times the, you got to manually update the, the firmware. And probably the first 20 versions of all that firmware were exposable right. at some point. So uh, look, because that's where I'm going to go, right? If I'm hacking you at home, I'm going to hit your router. Least secure, and guess what? All the packets of data go over it, even encrypted and encrypted. And I mean, like, there's ways to break encryption, right? If I just get the packet extreme, then I, I own the data. And then it's whether or not if I can make a signal out of it or not. Well, well, also there, there's there's software packages for taking a bunch of packets and reassembling them into their yeah. most likely messages, like passwords, absolutely, or logins and things like that. Yeah. And that's how like keystroke loggers and things like that work. Absolutely, libraries. There's libraries and libraries of this stuff, right? So if I'm gonna, so I mean that that's a big. Th that if I'm going in, I'm going in through the router, right? What's even scarier, in my opinion, and it's my opinion about this whole situation, is it's if you think about who are like the Fortune 500s and all these large companies, the, the majority of them use the same technology, right, for those routers, right, for those. Now, now, granted, they may be more secure. They have other layers, right? But if everybody's using uh, I'm gonna. I don't want to. Um, let's say if everybody's using a, a Bisco router, right? Or a, or or a, or Nabisco a, a, router. Nabisco, or a router you can eat. Uh, yeah, a Nabisco router, right? Or or a, or a, or a, or an HD router, right? Like you know what I mean? Or like a you know those. If all these big companies are using this because and they're on their premise, right? These CTOs are kind of like, oh man, no one ever got fired for using Bisco. You know what I mean? They're one of the largest companies in the world. No one ever got fired for using them, using their systems, right? And granted, I'm messing the name up on purpose, yeah. right? Uh, that's cool, but what ha it's like kind of like GMO food, right? In the sense that one virus can wipe a lot of it out, 
right? So like if there's one missing proto one one hole, one protocol that's messed up, right? That's not randomized and whatnot, right? If I can get in per se, theoretically, right? I mean, there's other layers that go into like getting into a load balancer and whatnot, right? I mean, I'm just making this simple so people can understand, right? But if everybody's using the same thing and there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, like there's a hole in one of them, right? Theoretically, right? I could, I would just keep trying until I found the one that's like, if I found one hole, it might've been a small one, found one way, one intrusion method, right? I'll keep trying that at other large companies until like one guy maybe not be as secure as the other one. And then that hole's still open here. So so it's having this, it's like anything you want to get better on in life. You build up this repertoire of like hundreds or thousands of skills. Right. And you're given a situation like, you know, oh, we have this kind of router with this kind of company with this number of people that probably has this sort of backup system. I'm going to try this set of dozen or so strategies to see if I could break in because this is what has worked you know, Once, for me roughly. Exactly. So, right. And you keep trying it until you hit. Exactly. So what about the other technique of uh, phishing? So I send an email to you and say, uh, hey, Mr. X, I just uh, saw a video of you. You should check it out. And here's the link to the video. And then you click on it and now it gives me all of your, you know, allows me to put uh, like a cookie on your computer or a bot on your computer or whatever. Um, you know, comparing the two types of strategies, what do you see more? Uh, I hear more, right, on, a, on an individual basis of, uh, of phishing, right? I mean, I mean, I think that that hits a lot of people. And I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that one is, I mean, like, it's tough in one aspect. It, look, it's tough in one aspect to say, to, to clear that out because there's a big human element, right? There's a decision factor that goes into it, right? Now, there may be algorithms, one, not where we can highly detect, hey, this is a phishing scam using these types of words sent from this IP. And, you know, a lot of that works, right? But I mean, every once in a while, they're going to fall through. Someone's going to try something that worked, and, and like, and look, what's the marginal cost of a phishing scam? Yeah, nothing. nothing. You can send out thousands of emails. Yeah, I mean, email's free, right? So, I mean, like, I mean, like, at a certain scale, email's free. So then uh, you just keep, they keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. They get smart about it. They find a demo that works and they just hit that demo, right? And they hit one message. It's really like evil email marketing is what well, e- is. even worse really because yes it's email in the sen- marketing in the sense that you're sending out lots of emails but then specifically you have this uh, malicious link inside clicked on it something downloads onto your computer which starts you know hides itself and then starts uploading everything you do well like the most important thing you do is just be aware Right. I mean, look, if all of your net worth, right, and growing these days, a lot of your personal like uh, information is you're trusting it in the cloud or like in data, in essence, right? I'm trusting all my like people, Instagram, right? I'm trusting all that, my birthday across multiple sources, my money, right? Uh, my pictures of my children and whatnot. You, you should, with, with giving up that much security, right? You need to just be a little responsible and like almost do some homework as to like, techniques and not just like put your trust in the government or this big knowing corporation to like take care of your data you need to do some homework and understand like hey no matter what i'm gonna get fished i'm gonna get social engineered right someone's gonna call my home and say they're like uh, the like i don't know they're the energy company they need to know my mac address off my router or something like that you know what i mean like you like you make those calls like so as as while we loosen up our information and the security, like it, it needs to be accounted for somewhere, and that's with our own personal responsibility. I think. I mean, I was once in, look, 
looking at investing in a company that deals with the issue of how to fight bot armies. So a bot army is when your entire company, every computer is basically infested with a silent, let's call it an application that uh, on a given signal is ready to do something. Like let's say shut down all the computers at the company or send all the emails to some other address or or do something. And, And this company was basically saying that 400 of the Fortune 500, the top 500 biggest companies are probably infested with these bot armies that were probably unleashed by these phishing attacks. And I asked them, well, can you protect these companies? And their response was interesting. First off, the company was all PhDs, but their company said, uh, but, but the, the, the guy I asked uh, said, uh, no matter how smart we are, the guys who are attacking these companies are smarter. See, and I would, I'd so like maybe there's a little bias here. I would say, no to that. Mm. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily smarter. I think like anything, man, people get caught up in bureaucracy, right? And then people like uh, like intentions change. And then like, then I'm really about, I'm not really about securing the company I am, right? It's my job, it's my livelihood, but I'm doing it so much just to keep my job versus there's someone out there who thinks they're going to like gain all this power or gain all this monetary value from doing it, right? Um, I wouldn't say they're smarter. It's just, Probably just a different allocation of someone's time. So, so I want to I want to get back to the present time in a second. But first, sure. How'd you go from uh, the quote unquote agencies to uh, you know military? Uh, do you mean or uh, military usage of your abilities? I mean, so a lot of the times, right? Uh, if you were to swipe an ESN number off a phone and duplicate it, and whatnot, you you had to you had to be there. So 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 what's a what's a case where you had to do that, where you specifically had to do it? I'm not going to say what I what I will say is is like uh, there have been I mean like there's a lot of clandestine operations and my hat goes off to a lot of those people who who even right now are on the ground helping those uh, operations out. But um, yeah, it's just like you, sometimes you need someone who can do uh, do the op, and sometimes it's better to have the person who knows how to do it in the event of a variable change in a scenario, right? To figure it out. So, like, if you were just like a back, I mean, the back of those Nokia green phones, the snake game. I, I don't know that. You know, there's a phone, a green screen, at a snake game on Nokia, right? I mean, I think everybody had one. Maybe you didn't, but, um, you know, those, you just swipe the ESN number on those things, right? And then you could like duplicate that phone, right? But a on lot your of, own, on your own right, computer. Right, right, right. But a lot of times the, the phone companies, uh, you know, you didn't, yeah, I don't know, like you'd have to, I'm probably speaking out of turn here. I'm saying theoretically, maybe that's one instance uh, that that you would have to go on the ground for. What type of target? Uh, something, uh, probably something like uh, national security, right? Something big. Like a terrorist? That uh, could be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drilling. I know I'm drilling for specifics, but keeping you totally yeah. anonymous. Um, uh, you know, so, so, so you started doing these more clandestine operations. Did that involve, you know, uh, you obviously were traveling to other countries where, you know, you, you previ- I'm not going to say I was traveling to other countries. Okay, you're not going to say that. All right, so so um, given what you knew from your compatriots, what's a hypothetical scenario that you could have, that could have happened? A hypothetical scenario that could have happened, right, is, I mean, you, you need to... Uh, gain access to let's say a terminal right that is offline someone's you know responsible with their data and they never put it online something like that right you'd have to go in and 
try to crack it on the fly where you can't do it remote because there's no connection. Would that be, would there be like a time thing? Like, are you, I, I picture this James Bond scenario, you only have like 15 <laughs> seconds to like hack into a no, computer. No, 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 they weren't, they, uh, they weren't like, look, theoretically, like, because I don't know, I wasn't involved in any of these and I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm just talking, we're, we're just in Playland right now. We're, we're just in Playland. We're just in Playland. Uh, I, I would say that, yeah, uh, what would happen is it's, you probably, I mean, these guys are probably smart. You probably have open windows of time to go in and do it and they do homework, someone working, at the like who's a cleaner at the place who's access right just who's been there for six months right because that's a job that turns over a lot right with multiple different faces i mean you know has time i mean like at that at that time you have all night right right that's yeah, true right so i mean it's not like a, i mean hollywood hypes a lot of things up right but i'm not going to say that those haven't happened i don't i'm just saying i don't know so so um uh, first, I, I I have to ask the question: Are you still involved in any? Um... I, I can't say that. I okay, can't say that. fair enough. So so you get you 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 decided to get more entrepreneurial at one point. Of course. And what types of companies did you start? Uh, e-commerce, right? So a lot of the stuff was uh, start an e-commerce company, right? Uh, that sold car parts, right? And then I got acquired by someone else who, I mean, what I was doing, right? Is I just. I liked car parts, Fast and Furious is Rage. And I wanted these car parts, man. I'm like, all right, so I'm scouring the internet how to get them cheaper. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, this part number seems to be a common denominator here. What if I just always scraped, right, these websites, right, to understand which to get the, the parts, right? So then I created something for myself to say, hey, where can I get this the cheapest, right, the crawler. Right? So, so you basically create your own search engine for to search for the cheap you it started out as like it started out as like i knew the websites to go to mm -hmm. right and then i would scrape them right and then and then cool so i know where the cheapest one was versus me looking all the time right because there's a lot like right. and then uh i started thinking that was cool my buddies i had buddies like dude where'd you get that so cheap i'm like oh I hear it. I'm like, oh man, can you just get it for me, dude? I'm like, all right, because then I saw like a business in it. Right? I'm like, all right, cool. Whereas most people would have like, I don't know, just like waited to get a supplier deal and like applied for it and all this type of stuff, right? I didn't. I just, I'm like, all right, cool. If I can offer the cheapest price, some ARB here, right? There's arbitrage here, right? In pricing. So then I consolidated, created a site that did that. And then uh, that, and then that went ahead, scraped, found different prices, right? And then I started pulling in what's cool about these manufacturers. I started pulling in other things like the manuals and stuff like that, right? And long story short, someone else who sold more than just car parts, right, uh, liked the technology and they purchased it. And they liked the technology for the car parts or for did they try to just no, do it no, no, for no, everything no. They else? They did it for everything else. Wow. Right. So they were doing it for like, uh, like these, uh, like all types of home parts like a washing machine, microwave, plate, AC adapters, whatnot, right? So what does it end up looking like? They it looks like you're going to the site and it's it's almost like it's their product, but they're or, or well, no, they, they actually had deals with suppliers. Like okay. they, they went that so they was scanning their supplier deals with actually what was out there on the net because a lot of times what they liked it the most for, to be honest with you, wasn't necessarily the pricing. It's good to keep competitive pricing, understand what other sites are doing. But they liked it because it pulled the manuals and all this stuff from the websites, right? So that way you knew how to install the part when you got home. It is early on before. Like now everybody does that. Everybody's got YouTube videos mm -hmm. on like how to install this part and whatnot on their products. I still can't figure anything out. Right. I mean, but this is back when like, you know, we had to look at these white PDFs yeah. and like so they pulled in all that and like and then pulled in like the other information to append to like uh, the descriptions. Right. 
And so, then, so that was company number one. What was company number two? All right. So company number two, right, was pretty much uh, like me just trying to like take in. So I worked at Wall Street for a little bit, right? And then me trying to take- When you say you worked at Wall Street, like hedge funds, mutual funds, banks? Uh, I worked for uh, bank and hedge funds, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, you know, like like that, that was cool. Big well, data set to play with. Okay, yeah. So let's get an example like- uh, uh, data used by a hedge fund. How does it, other than just straight pattern recognition, like, oh, uh, when it, a, there's when it, ARB when, when like, uh, when Google goes up, Amazon goes up, that yeah, type yeah. of stuff, right? Other than that kind of basic pattern recognition, what, what's the sort of most sophisticated thing you've seen on the hedge fund side for making money? Uh, for making, for when generating When they use data alpha. that the average person can't use. I mean, they'll purchase like, uh, data from so like let's say there's companies uh that aggregate data right and they'll purchase and see if underlying company like i mean i'm taking for example you ever been on one of these websites where like they they show you like your bank account and all your expenses for free and whatnot right you know i mean like like i I, like if you sign up for it sign up for it it'll show me like these cool charts right so those guys resell your data a lot of them not saying all of them do but they do right and they say they can see your sprint bill let's uh let's just say like your sprint bill or some telecom bill right why and then they sell that data right to see if that goes down up or down right you know i mean like hey this is the benchmark of how much use this supplier is that going up or down right or is there a significant signal in that right or if so okay so so i'm a hedge fund and I, I, and let's say there's 30 of these companies. Right. I buy the data from 30 of these companies and I could see in general, oh, for some reason, Sprint, I'm just, we're just making up Sprint. Right, right. Uh, Sprint seems to be um, making deals or cutting discounts to most of their customers. Or, or I'm starting to see less people show up in using Sprint hmm. in that, in what aggregates that data. Then maybe they may be using other carrier. They may not give you the exact name of the carrier, but the other. So it's not quite insider trading but it's data that most people don't have and they could potentially make a trade. Yeah, I'm sure they could buy that data too, right? There's that type of stuff. I mean, like one of it, uh, uh, another one, right, that I'm just like, uh, that comes to mind is it's like, when you're thinking about that type of data, right? So what are you getting, right? I'm getting a third party data, right? There's a lot of times you can do scrubs from, uh, from like credit agencies, Right, where you can come up with intense signals of finding out, and this is for like on a more macro level, right? Of like understanding, like is like in a particular market. Let's say I had a company, and I, let's say they're they're public, or or even if they're not, and maybe I was going to make a private investment, and they're heavily saturated in a few area codes. Right, cool. Uh, maybe pair some credit reporting uh, data to see if like discretionary wallet sizes, right, or getting smaller or larger, right. That type of stuff, right? Or like maybe housing, right? They like kind of look, and a lot of these research analysts like pull this data and they resell it to like the buy side guys resell it, right? But um, or pulling data from like you know this housing industry, right? Like Zillow probably has a great data set for that stuff. I'm pretty sure one of their APIs is open, right? And maybe you can pull some data from that to understanding hey market prices and how they may affect like and what's the company that makes the pink insulation OC Corning or something like that? Oh, I don't right? know. I like, would predict like. So that's interesting because even search query data on Zillow might be interesting. If people, Absolutely. if the average price of a house that people are searching for on Zillow in a certain area, um, that totally affects all the companies involved in housing in that area. Right, and then which one? Like, which one does it correlate with the most? Like, maybe new home building, right? Correlates to the the guy who makes insulation. Right, you know, what I mean, if that's the majority of his business, and then you just got to do like you know real analysis, real homework, right, to figure out if there's. It's really just trying to edge to get that alpha, right? What about um, 
Is there anything, what can they do now? Like, uh, is there anything, you know, like everybody uses mobile phones for everything. Is there anything kind of mobile specific where hedge funds can get like a little bit of an edge? You know, it seems like the, so many apps. Yeah, so look, check this out. So uh, there's a lot of apps. Like I always beware of anything free, right? That's what your parents told you, right? Beware of anything. It's not free. There's no free lunch, all that stuff. There's no free app, right? Right, like even the flashlight app allows you, the, the flashlight app creator to open up your video without you knowing it. Right, or, yeah, exactly. Or like allow access to my microphone, right? I mean, there's this, like, it's crazy. Uh, I, I mean, I, I met with this one company that were, they were trying to allow access to microphone, right? It's kind of like a Shazam. And then it would pick up inaudible signals. So that way, what they were trying to do is they were trying to trace uh, if you actually sat and saw and listened to a commercial. Right, so there'd be an inaudible signal, kind of like Shazam, right? I mean, like an inaudible signal that goes out. That's like a message, like you know, uh, this McDonald's commercial aired at this time. Ha 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 ha. You know, like one of those types of things, right? And then your phone would pick it up because you, you have some free app that allowed access to microphone, and it, and and it would pick up that inaudible signal, right? So the company trying to do that. Um, there, so when you do that, right, you offer a ton of access. Like now, I know, like, hey, if I'm playing, um, I don't know, like some. Some, I'm trying to think of uh, drums versus zombies or something like that, right? I'm playing one of those games and it's free. There's certain access to my phone that I'm giving up, right? And it could be like location information, right? Lat long, right? They know where I am, right? Uh, which is which is crazy because back in the old censorship days, right? They were thinking no one would ever give up their location. But now people, we volunteer. That location's I mean? on all the time. Oh, location's on all the time. I let Google know wherever the heck I'm going. Like if I'm going to Google, I like using the maps or any map app, right? Or if I'm allowing location, right? I know where these people are, right? And then if they're, check this. So if they're at a certain location for a certain period of time at a certain time, Right, so if you're at so if you're at a lat long, right, from like 10 p.m. to like 5 a.m. majority of the time, I'm predicting that that very well may be what you call home, right? And if you like, and and so on and so forth, right? So now they can predict like, okay, cool, uh, like their home, like they may be more apt to. I mean, I don't know what you'd use that for. There's probably a lot of things, right? But like in commercial applications, right? But like, oh, hey, a bunch of people in this demo are at home. Maybe they watch TV more at home, right? Or, or maybe they're, they're sitting down spending more leisurely time. Uh, that's when we can market those type of people. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that you give up with your phone when you give those free. I mean, like, I think it's worth the 90. If someone's giving you something for free, if they're, like, think of that trade, right? Like, how much do they spend in software development, all that stuff, right? And if they're willing to give it to you for free, right, that is probably, to them, that's worth that dev and capex and creating the app and then like what they could make for like the 299 right that's worth something to someone else right i mean there's even there's even kind of nefarious sort of applications i could think of just right away that would just be very dangerous if someone knew it across the board about everyone well i mean here that's another way to hack people's phones <laughs> right and i guess that happens all the time yeah. these apps are all over the place right be careful. I mean, like, be. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's trusted. I mean, like, it just you just got to be responsible. So, so company number two, you sold company number one. Did you have to stay at the company that bought your company? Uh, at company company number two, uh, no. I mean, that th that was like more one-off deals, right, and whatnot, right. And then, like, someone just saw like the technology and they said they purchased it, right. And, and um, you know, again, this is all anonymous. Did you make enough money to do well? Like, were you happy with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Each one, I, I, each each one of these things, I made. I, like the first one, I was really young, right? So I, I made and I blew. <laughs> okay, welcome <laughs> <Right>. to the club. <laughs> right, I made and blew, and then most recently, right, came coming off an acquisition, and yeah, that one, 
that, that one definitely teed it up. I, I can choose. I mean, it's awesome. That's great. Well, well. so what was company number two? So it's an artificial intelligence company, right? And we went in, it was a, one of the largest e-commerce companies out there, right? And really just tying, it's look, it's the same thing we've been talking about the whole time, right? It's pattern recognition in, in an artificially intelligent, scalable, right? Using parallel computing way to detect who's most, instead of detecting threats, Right, using events in an ecosystem to detect threats, using events to find patterns in herds of people to give them the right product, right at the right time, right at the right price. And so, so let's say you had a huge uh, amount of data, um, you would be able to say, oh, okay, this uh, lady in Iowa is not likely to buy a computer, a $2,000 computer in February, but maybe she would buy one in November or... Someone who came in on the site through a, a Google keyword of like, uh, I don't know, cool pets, just happened to click and let's say I'm selling uh, like computers in this scenario like you're giving me, right? And they're on, there's two ways to look at it, right? They're on a, they're on a brand new Mac, Right or the latest computer, right, and they've updated to the latest uh, software or whatnot, right? May not be in the market for a new computer, right? Versus someone who's mid-range, or or the the same would be said about the complete inverse, right? Someone who's on like an e-machines. No offense, right? That was a great company at the time, the Cal stuff, right? I so, did like them actually. Yeah, I had uh, one. They're, they're cool. I mean, a cool marketing concept, right? Uh, someone who's on e-machines, right? Who's on like I don't know Netscape. Right, browser or something like that. Right, I mean, I'm giving a crazy example. Also, may not be in the market for a a computer because they obviously don't value it. Or someone in the mid range, right? Uh, maybe, right. So it's understanding the patterns at those levels. Like you'd be surprised at how statistically significant the patterns are by device type, by browser type, pairing those and probability trees. Right, like coming up with like this device type on this browser. Right, coming in through this traffic so, source. So, so basically, let me try to uh, let me try to reverse engineer it. Yeah. So, let's say someone does buy a new Apple computer. They yeah. buy a new laptop. Okay. Okay. Now I know twenty things about them, and and let's just say just, one of them is maybe their wallet size. Yeah. So I might know a lot of things about them. A- Apple might know a lot of things about them because they, they just freely give the information. Right. But you they, give that information too every time you interact with the site. I know your device type. Okay, so 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 Apple now is able to say, well, these ten thousand people bought this laptop, and this is what they look like. They they look like they have each one of them has twenty factors that define them. Right. And uh, one factor might be where they live. One factor might be what they're upgrading from. One factor might be the time of year. One factor might be whether they're male or female, what their age is, where they went to school. Yep. Uh, what what they're willing to spend on extras and accessories. So that's the twenty factors. Now you get an unknown customer, an unknown potential customer. You get the data through a variety of ways. Maybe you have a cookie that has given you that data. Maybe you have an email list that's given you that data. You found them on some other site where you right. bought that data or they visited yeah. and, and deposited that data. You're able to match this new set of 20 variables to your database of successful Correct. Uh, samples. The successful ones are the 20 are, are the people with the 20 variables that match a purchase. Uh, of an Apple computer, and you you could say, ah, this person most closely matches the type of person who has bought an Apple laptop, and then you're able to what target them with an email or what do you do? So a, a couple things, right? So let's say I'm selling shoes, right, and I have a a fifty dollars shoe, 
$100 shoe and a $300 shoe, right? Different options, right? Uh, let's say you were coming in on a certain device and like, I, I'm well, just I, like, uh, I'm just going to make one up, right? I'm going to say you're coming in on uh, Mr. X computer, right? Mr. X computer costs, uh, let's say, I don't know, it costs like eight grand, right? Uh, you're coming in on Mr. X computer, right? Uh, and, and you could see that right away in, in the right, server anyway. See it right away. And I also have a ballpark of location, right? If you have location services on, I really do. But it, I mean, it, even through what IP you're coming in on. Mm. And another pattern I have, right, is time of day. Like, what time of day are they coming on? Each one's a different profile, right? So, like, a guy who came in on Mr. X computer at noon at lunch may not be the same guy who comes on from Mr. X computer at, like, at 3 a.m. their time. They may be two totally different people, right? Like, or two different types of people. But anyway, surf with me here for a little bit, right? They, on average, if when they interact with, you know, like, whatever I'm selling online or whatever product I'm selling, they may interact and purchase good, like, the $300 shoe. All time, you have another person comes on like uh, let's say a mid mid level uh, device, right? Uh, and I'm just making this is uber simple. It's not just device. Device isn't no all. There's like a ton of n factors, but just to make the point, mid level device, right? Maybe they update their browser, uh, so on so forth, and then like they interacted with e like keywords like search cheap computers and whatnot. Taking all those types of factors together, like oh, okay, cool, he's a mid range person. Like let's offer. Uh, let's offer the second shoe to him, right? Because I know based on like there's a correlation with the type of computer. He's a mid-level computer. He's probably a mid-level shoe guy. But but it, and think of it that way. But it could be differently. It's it's like we kind of parallel compute, taking all these different factors and dimensions, and come up with which one, which trees in the forest, right, uh, are the most statistically significant, and then we personalize the products to that offering. I see. So they they come to the site. And they see based on their data and your analysis of their data, they they you put up the the, the products they are most statistically likely to buy based on who previously bought these products. Correct, correct. And then as you get more data, then those targets, right? Those signals get stronger and stronger. And maybe and then I maybe I'll find more clusters, more different groups, right? I I, I love this stuff so much. You know why? Because. Um, this reminds me so much of how game programs evolved. Yeah. So it used to be like chess programs would just build a tree. Oh, they can move here, then they can move here, then they can move here, and they would analyze, you know, who who is potentially winning. But what ended up happening was games like Checkers, Backgammon, Othello, and even Go, Go most yeah. recently, they would take, let's say, ten thousand successfully won games. They would take a middle a middle of the game position. And they would know that white is later going to win. And they would put that in the category, oh, white is going to later win this and black is later going to win this. And they would analyze the 20 features about this position that they could sort of quantify. And then given a new position, let's say I'm in a new game with you, who's better, you or me? Well, I can make this move or I can make that move. It'll run it into the database of, well, statistically match each move against all of the winning positions, the positions that we know are winning, and we'll make the move that is statistically closest to a winning position. And that's the move we would make. And that's how all those games work now. Oh, absolutely. And then like with those gaming, especially, it's really like for each move, it's accounting for that variable change, right? So like, like right now, white's going to win. Black moved here. Right now, uh, black's got an 80% chance of, of winning. They totally flipped the board on them. Right, uh, because of that move, depending on how, like, because there's only so many moves that white can now make. You know what I mean? And like, 
So like I was looking at a, at a, at a, at a, at a I was talking with a friend, and you know he's got a cool cool industry really with the professional sports right, and then like when we were just talking about the NFL right. Oh my god, you could totally do this with like fantasy sports, everything. Totally, totally, and then like think of I mean like a part of it, I mean what else we were talking about like would be cool like to overlay stats right because you know and because uh, you know they have trackers on the uh, shoulder pads right, and then understanding like hey in this lineup right so like let's say when the New York Giant Giants right lineup in the dime. And the Philadelphia Eagles, right? My team, who we were the best team in football. <laughs> uh, you know, line up in the shotgun, right? And in this certain formation, because you know where the players are, because each player's wearing one of these RFID trackers too, right? When they line up like this and, you know, like the left tackle's leaning forward, right? Uh, then there's a statistically significant chance that, like, the the Giants are going to win this play, right? Or that like, or nine times out of ten, there should be like a like a, a, a big play, 20 yards or more, right? So so it's it's it seems like, that is a multi-billion dollar company that could be bought right there in either fantasy sports or sports betting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but even more- Using the exact same technology. But, but even just giving the viewer a better experience too. You know what I mean? Like, I, cause like- Yeah, but let's say I don't care about that. I just want to build a billion dollar company. I can use the, these exact same algorithms that are used to win checkers or go right. or analyze customers. You know, it's basically this this multi-factor. It's the same, by the way, it's the same techniques as speech recognition. That's how speech, re speech recognition works. I know what it sounds like when someone says hello, because hello's got, you know, 20 different factors yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the signal graph. Um, and now when someone else says hello, I'm going to match it against my database of words. Oh, it looks statistically likely that this person just said hello. And that's how that works. They're all using the same statistical techniques. And, yeah, and statistical techniques and other mathematical equations. Like my hero right, is this guy named Pam Dirac, Paul Adrian Maurice Dirac, right? Won the 1933 Nobel Prize in quantum physics. And he, you know, he had the Dirac delta function. And he, we had a quote that said, you know, like, uh, I, could, I forgot, I'm going to butcher it, right? But what I took from it, and I think about it every day, is like, you know, these methods of theoretical physics, right, should be applied to everyday use. It's something along the lines like that, right? Like someone can, like, that's not his exact quote, but that was the gist of it, right? Is what if we applied, like, and then what I take from that is like, what if we apply these methods of theoretical physics, right, to everyday problems? Like, so one, I, one, like, one that I've used before, right, uh, is there's a there's there's a algorithm right there's like there's a math formula right involved to detect at when wire when heat or electricity runs through wire which at which point it predicts will get hot on the wire first right and that same one you can overlay with uh using i mean you got to do some other math in, in in the foreground to set it up to get those variables and that, that formula but um to predict what's going to be popular like literally what's hot, like not literally what's hot, but like like what's hot in sure. pop culture, uh, okay. right? Because imagine, imagine I had data about how movie trailers were shared in the month before a movie was released. So let's say I know exactly there was this number of shares in email, this number of shares on Twitter, this number of shares on YouTube or views on YouTube. That's the kind of um, speed of the heat entering the wire and the amount of heat entering the wire, the the width yeah. of the wire. The available and, market, right? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I can see how hot this movie is going to be at the box office. It's the same thing with what you're talking about sports. It's all the same technique. The reason why it works in theoretical physics is because most particles are found not, nobody could see the particles. Right. They only notice statistically that, the, that, that something happened. Right. And what they, what they predicted would happen with a particle of that mass would happen, happened. So, so, 
So again, why don't you right now start a fantasy sports company? I'll invest in that. I'll write you a check right now <laughs> All right, for a man. fantasy sports company. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I Look, I just love solving problems, right? To me, a lot of this stuff is the same, right? A lot of the, I mean, it's just like taking da- massive data sets and coming up with uh, understanding what the target is or what the optimal function is. Like someone wants to make more money, in- increase viewership, increase retention, but, reduce customer churn. It, I mean, it reminds me though of, again, this kind of trend from, which I, I have, has been brought up in this podcast a bunch of times, this trend from humans to data. So rather than humans predicting, oh, the Giants are going to beat the Eagles or the Eagles are going to beat the Giants, it's much more accurate, like a thousand times more accurate to make use of the data based on thousands and thousands or millions of units of data you have upon previous games that they've played. Absolutely. So it seems like you can start applying these things to every type of decision-making from health to uh, you know, box office predictions to the stock market. Uh, you know, and I feel like I feel like they the, the first wave of pattern recognition in this of the stock market has kind of been come and gone. Right, right, right. But right. I think I bl- the next wave hasn't even begun, and it just seems like sky's the limit. So I know your your time is a little bit limited. Your I want to ask you two questions. Sure, go for it. A, I know you have a theory, so we can talk about it. It's not a direct experience, but a theory maybe based on what what you know and what other people know, but it's still a theory. What do you think is the real story of Osama bin Laden? I know it's out of out of the loop yeah. Here. So, like I said, yeah, I don't know, right? Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, like officially, right? Just but your theory based on your varied experiences. Here's what I will say, right? And uh, if you look at it, like you know, look at a bird's eye view of the place. Right, you're in a you're in a town. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's just look. If I look, if if you James, right, if I went over your house, right, and there were huge high walls, right, and guards patrolling all around, right, what's the or if you went, if what do you think? What, what does that look like? Does that look like a palace to you? But maybe I'm being. If I'm okay, if I'm Osama bin Laden, maybe I just want like people protect guards protecting me, so no one rush, no one rushes or investigates or spies i just want kind of people around to make sure nobody comes in sure sure maybe 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 you're creating a a big wall and a moat and you just don't want anyone to come in right and what you're doing is you're drawing and let's say you're also probably the like the most hunted person out there right would you still do that would you still draw that attention to yourself no, probably not. I'd probably live in a hole somewhere. <laughs> right, right, right. Out, not outside of a town, and and whatnot. And you know, like I mean, and like there's a ton of people go back and forth on this, right? I just, I'm not saying like what happened happened, what ha- or what you know, or didn't happen. I'm just saying, you know, kind of like be responsible with the data that's out there, right? And make you know, like the, your own decision. Like there's a guy Ralph Waldo Emerson, right? I love the dude, right? He created this thing called the American Scholar, and he said like, don't ever become a reclusive thinker commenting from afar. If something looks a little interesting, right? Voice it, and and what I'm saying is, it's like to me, taking all the all the facts out, right? Of of you know what was said, that looks more like a jail, right? That this guy was potentially in a jail, right? Uh, held by a government, held by held, held by a government, right? And then maybe because he had a lot of data, and in eradicating this person. Uh, look, it was so valuable. Like like I mean, like let's say you had like the the head of anything, right? They know everything for a lot. I mean, it was their op, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's some data you can get in, and maybe this person for exchange, right, is at a desperation point where they're not drinking their own Kool Aid and they just want to live. So, 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 
let's just hypothetically say it was the Americans holding him in prison, interrogating him for years to get information, but they don't want him. Or another government who was feeding feeding uh, whoever was interested in tell about him. But, But nobody wants him alive because he might have too much information you know, for various reasons, because he's been involved in every government for decades, decades long before. But now that you've neutralized that threat, right? Mm -hmm. There's still a growing threat out there. So you want to neutralize all that too. So what better way than to have the head tell you about how the operations ran, who's who, who's what, where they are, what's going to happen next, uh, you know what I mean, in exchange for that, right? And why would he? Why would he agree to tell anybody? I mean, obviously, I know, pain I mean, I'm not saying but, he agreed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying this happened either, yeah. right? I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at it from. A, I'm just offering a different perspective, right? Uh, you know, like you make different decisions when you got a barrel, right, of a gun pointed at your face. And then that whole scene where, like, Obama and Hillary and everybody's like watching the, the operation. Do you think that's like somewhat staged, or uh, or some people knew and some people didn't? I think some people knew, some people didn't. Uh, I wasn't in the room, right? So I, I, <laughs> I didn't I, see your picture there. No, <laughs> right. So I, I can't. I can't say. I would just say that, like, I mean, you got two helicopter or two choppers coming in, right, at night, right? Make noise. If you really were being like, if you were really spooked about that type of stuff, had armed guards everywhere, right? Like you'd uh, have escape doors. Yeah, I mean, you you'd have escape doors. You'd have an alternate way tunnels. out tunnels, like you know, what I mean. And like I said, I wasn't there either. I don't. I don't know specifically what happened, right? But I'm just thinking that maybe. I mean, maybe the guy's not as smart as to, as we thought he was, right? But there were probably other. Way, I probably would have had a safe, say like you know, like ways out, and all that stuff, right? And I, and I don't quote me on this. I think we had approval, right, to go in there and do that from the government at like the very last second. Like we told them, like, hey, we're doing this. Oh, we're already there. That type of stuff, right? But uh, there's a relationship there, right? You know, what I mean, if you're going fully covert. Um, so there's just interesting things to think about, right? So, uh, and things to theorize on it, right? I'm not saying uh, conspiracy theory, all the type of stuff, right? But that news was also also came out in an opportune time, right? For the for you know the people incumbents of. Uh, well, well, what interesting things do you think about right now, given today's current news events? I mean, there's so much talk now, more than ever, about cyber hacking because of the elections, because right. of the phishing scandals, because of election manipulation, nobody knows anything, everybody's meeting with everybody. What reclusive things are you skeptical about right now? I'm skeptical that this data is being aggregated at a large mass scale, more data is being created per second, right, than potentially the history, right, of data, right? And it keeps growing, that growth rate keeps growing exponentially. And then now, what do you do with that, right? So if I can influence someone to buy something, they've already shown intent, cool, right? You're reading news, right? Uh, I mean, you know, like, the, I'm not saying the news is in this anymore, right? I, I love journalism, I love news, uh, all that type of stuff. But like, that's a real responsibility to the public good that they hold, right? And then when that gets intermingled, like anything with profits and quarters, Right, making hey, I need to make the next quarter in sales. I need to, I need to reach X amount of people. Right, but that's already happening. Like there are new sites, and I'll just say them because I think they're pretty public about it. Like Upworthy.com, I think that's the name of it. They will thousands of times a second switch headlines, switch photos, switch the way the first sentences are written um, to see who and that which, and, which articles capture the eyeballs and, the most. And for them, that's smart. But the incentive, what's scary about me is all this data uh, aggregation and, and falling in the hands or not being used properly, right? Or without the right intention, right? Because then what happens is it's like, that's where the real hacks come in, right? Like, cool, 
there's one hack where I like I get your bank account, right? There's another hack where like, oh, I can get your personal information, I open up your identity. But then there's a much larger hack where I influence people, right? Where I I'm the person, right, who that influences like what people are seeing, what stories are going out, and then that's really changing behavior. Right on a, on a much larger scale. Like I'm, I mean, yeah, you can use it to sell products, right? But I can also use it to if if I'm in the a business of something wrong, right? I can use it for fear, right? I can use it to to change larger things, institution things, right? I mean, like it's a it's almost like the government, right? You know, like we were backed by gold, we're backed by data, right? And it's it's I'm we just got to keep apparent of of that right like we just need to like understand like our data is valuable right it's my digital footprint right it's as valuable as my social security card right it's about you know what i mean that, that, that's my day that's my footprint right and you know we're human right i'm human right i get influenced by stories like oh man and then like you know i try to do my best to check both sides but there's no real medium where i can go and check both sides maybe that's a billion dollar business right but like if if people aren't using that for the public good then uh and with that power and that data then then i'm a little uh that is concerning to me i mean i think what what is once reclusive always becomes eventually out in the open in the sense that everything you just said that might happen will happen and there's no avoiding it and it becomes a matter of how you personally guide yourself through it like you're being aware of these biases that are going to constantly pop up because look at the history look at the pattern of history right i mean you have these great studies that go up right and then a lot of times there's always one tyrant guy right that like wants a little too much right starts out with an idiom or an idea right and then wants a little too much and then like and then like that's that's bad for the whole right uh, you know, so in some cases, unfortunately, there were genocide. You know what I mean? And this is still happening right now in, the, in a few parts of the, of the earth, right? But what if they, 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 what if they got that information? What if they are the ones in control of that data, right? What if they are the ones who could turn the lights out tomorrow, right? I mean, that's and like, I mean, like that's where we. I mean, like me, I feel like I personally need to educate people. Like, hey, man, like this is, this is something that's happening. Uh, you need to be more secure with your own data. And then the problem is, it's like there's always going to be, history says there's always going to be one of those guys, James, right? So then it's either you trust the government to be that guy policing that. But they can't anymore. Right. Or, 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 or you know what you got to do, man? You got to be smart with your own data or you need to be the person. Yeah, I, right? I, I, I sort of think data is the government. Right. So I don't think the government even really matters that much except for the laws, the legacy laws that we all live by like, you know, healthcare and, you know, all all the things that we argue about every day. Right. But what you're talking about, I think that's this I don't want to say shadow government because that's overused, but I think that is where the real government is starting to form and we don't know who the players are right. and we don't know what's out there and it's not even being conspiratorial this no, already this is, exists no because look think of it that's happening right and then in, in in and this is probably the truth it's happening to help people with their incentives for their quarter to quarter profits get more data make more money and it's, and it's being done in a novel effort give people the right product at the right price that way it's a win win they get they get a deal and then um you know like and then the company makes money to continue to offer those deals right but like i i'm just saying from a point of like what if uh, I mean, like just looking at history, right? If that gets placed in the wrong hands, gets used for for what's wrong, right? I mean, so which like, will happen? Well, which would so like, but here, but here now, now on the flip side of this in this time, right? 
more so now than ever, right? Has a lot of barriers of entry been broken? Have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things been democratized, right? Before, right, I, to go up against an institution, right? Uh, I mean, I'd have to almost be an institution. Now I could go viral, right? I mean, you can see a lot of this, uh, these changes happening now. So, I mean, like, it's, I think now more than ever, are we put in a place where we need to stand up for what we believe in, right? We have these powerful, engaging tools, right, to influence others and data, right? And it's great. It's been a great medium to share them, to share my pictures with people. And I'm using it for that, right? But I mean, keep the balance, right? You believe something, right? Share it. Given all this and given that I want to be a responsible citizen and I want to improve myself and I want to understand this world we're moving towards, what books or websites or whatever should I read to become more aware? So I would, so here's what I tell everybody for that type of stuff. First, uh, like, look, I mean, uh, like you heard my story. I didn't really go to college. I graduated like when I was 29, uh, 30, just to, you know, for my child, right? So that way I could say, yeah, you need to go, right? Uh, uh, and now I just, would not have done that. I know, I, I know, I know, I, I know you were, I knew you were going to say that, right? <laughs> but um, I would tell people, find, but here's what I, like, I found something I was interested in. And then that was the best education I've ever had, Right. The other thing was like a stamp. I don't even know where the, the, the diploma is, right? Uh, it's like buried somewhere, right? So you found something you were interested in, found, which is hard for people to do. Yeah, but you know, well, true, but start somewhere, man, right? Like, like try enough things. Try enough things. Go out, like live a life. Mm -hmm. Like don't don't be succumb to your phone, right? Or if you, that's what you're into, right? Then get into that, mm -hmm. right? If you're into like, you know what I mean? But like find something you're interested in and then learn everything about it, right? Or you know what? Change your career. Right, you're doing something you don't want to do. Change your career. You found something you're interested in. Go do that. Go do that. Because then what'll happen is, is you'll learn. You're you're passionate. You may be more passionate than the person running that business. And I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Go. I'm a divorced wife raising three kids, and I have to pay pay the mortgage. And I'm listening to James and Mr. X, and they're saying change my career. I'm really interested in fantasy sports for for women, but I I have to be a paralegal somewhere. Um, how can I do it? Get less sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you really want to do it, look, I mean, I like, I mean, this is, we live in a great country. If you really want to do something, right? What I'm kind of saying is, it's like the opportunity is there. So get really interested in something, then read those books, right? Get, get to be an expert or gain, gain that experience. Go work there, right? Gain that experience. Get really educated because what happens is, it's like, I mean, if we didn't have biases of opinion, biases of educated opinion, Right? If we didn't have real, and what I mean, educated opinion, someone who really knows their tact, knows this industry, knows this niche, knows knows the best about uh, fantasy football for women, right? Uh, what happens is you you bring an equilibrium to the game, right? I mean, or it was like if that never happened, right? We'd be all still standing at the in the center of the earth at fear for falling off one of the edges, right? Right. So get it, get involved. Uh, even if it's a passion, right? Like, you know what I mean? I coach, or I, I plan to coach my daughter's soccer league. Dude, I, that's what I, I think that's my next thing. I'm going to be like a woman's soccer coach, right? Maybe I'll, I'll maybe in like 10 years, I'm team USA soccer coach. That's, that, that's my dream, right? But anyway, find those things, right? And then immerse yourselves in those books, right? And then what you'll find is, is what you learn there, right? It's just like when I train a machine learning model, right? 
like I, the more data I get in, the smarter it gets, right? When you get more data, right, in your head about something, you're and you get educated opinions and understand how something that you love works, you're going to make educated opinions about how other things work. Well, because you're going to be able to make connections much faster. Synapses. And so the learning grows exponentially as you as you immerse. Absolutely, and then like uh, I would, I love the article, right, uh, or the essay, or whatever. It's the white paper, right? The American Scholar by Ralph Waldo Emerson, right? If you uh, uh, take a take a read of that, uh, I mean, it's, I will. I never read it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's you know, it's like it's been so long. It's free. This right? is why you went to college, <laughs> right? Yes, right. To read those things, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't read in college, but uh, great thing. Uh, and 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 then like, but the best thing is right to like just go ahead. And and do something right. Just take it. Don't be a to quote him. Don't be a recruit a reclusive thinker commenting from afar. Right. Take action. Whatever that is that you love. Well, uh, Mr. X, there are actually so many other things we could talk about. You'll have to come on again at some point for sure. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for. I know. I. I will say this. I know you've personally saved a lot of lives. Oh, this, I wouldn't say that, man. I, I'm going to say I, it. I would not say that. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. <laughs> so thank you, and uh, let's talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network at jamesaltucher.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today. Hey, thanks for listening. Listen. I have a big favor to ask you, and it will only take 30 seconds or less, and it would mean a huge amount to me. If you like this podcast, please let me know. Please let the team I work with know. Please let my guests know, and you can do this easily by subscribing to the podcast. It's probably the biggest favor you could do for me right now, and it's really simple. Just go to iTunes, search for The James Altucher Show, and click subscribe. Again, it will only take you 30 seconds or less. And if you subscribe now, it will really help me out a lot. Thanks again. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete. And getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.